everyone, and welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're sliding in, getting our jerseys a little muddy, and talking about cards. In just a minute, we're going to get into the origin of the red card and the yellow card. But before we talk about where they came from, I want to explain what red cards and yellow cards are and what they do. During soccer games, referees can call fouls if players break the rules. That makes sense. But let's say a player commits a really hard foul or does something reckless or deliberately fouls an opponent to shut down a dangerous attack. Those things warrant more than just a quick whistle and a resumption of play. That's where cards come in. According to IFAB, aka the International Football Association Board, aka the governing body that makes all of soccer's rules, a quote, reckless challenge warrants a yellow card, and quote, endangering the safety of an opponent or using excessive force warrants a red card. If a player gets a red card, they're out of the game. If they get a yellow card, they can keep playing, but if they pick up a second yellow, they're out too. As IFAB puts it, cautioning players and sending them off helps communicate the unacceptability, big word, of unsafe play. If a referee decides that a foul was reckless or dangerous, they will pull a small yellow or red card out of their pocket and hold it up in the air. They do it now, but referees haven't always carried cards in their pockets, and cards haven't always been a part of soccer. In the past, referees still sent players off, but they didn't use a signal to do so. That brings us back to our main question, which is, where did red and yellow cards come from? Well, to figure that out, we need to hop in the Wayback Machine. Don't worry, I'll give you a second to hop on in. Once you are in, set the dial to 1962. And if your Wayback Machine is one of those fancy models with a location setting, go ahead and set that to Chile, because we're headed to the 1962 FIFA World Cup. The opening game of the 1962 World Cup between Chile, the host nation, and Switzerland was refereed by a man named Ken Aston. Aston was a long-time referee. He'd started refereeing games in England in 1936, and over time he became one of the most well-respected referees in England. Aston refereed the first game of the 1962 World Cup, and he did a good job. In fact, he did such a good job controlling the game that FIFA decided to make Aston the center referee for another match three days later in lieu of the previously scheduled center referee. This game was between Chile and Italy, and it was set up to be a wild one. In the weeks leading up to the game, a pair of Italian journalists had taken special care to disparage Chile, the city of Santiago, which is where the game was going to be played, and Santiago's residence. On the BBC broadcast of the game, commentator David Coleman said this, Good evening. The game you are about to see is the most stupid, appalling, disgusting, and disgraceful exhibition of football possibly in the history of the game. Coleman's prediction was spot on. Aston was going to have his work cut out for him. Before we talk about what happened in the Chile-Italy game and get into how it fits into the origin of cards, I wanted to let you know that this episode of Soccer 101 is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Did you know that you can use ExpressVPN to unblock movies and shows that are only available in other countries? Well, if you didn't know it, you know it now. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. All you have to do is open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect, and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. I mean, you can choose from almost 100 different countries. And being able to choose between so many countries allows you to supercharge your Netflix subscription with way more content. 
You could watch The Dark Knight and Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Canada Netflix, Rick and Morty on France Netflix, and The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Australia Netflix. And ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube. And for our British listeners, you can finally access the free streaming service Peacock. All you have to do is change your location to the U.S. ExpressVPN allows you to stream in HD without any issue. There's no buffering and no lag. It's also compatible with all of your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. And not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. Go to expressvpn.com slash shocker to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash soccer. Thank you very much to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode of Soccer 101. Now, back to Chile versus Italy. As David Coleman predicted, the match was a rough one. The game's first foul happened after just 12 seconds. Minutes later, Ken Aston had to break up a potential fight, and after a few more minutes, Aston sent off Italian midfielder Giorgio Ferrini after Ferrini kicked an opposing player. As Aston was trying to send Ferrini off the field, chaos ensued. It took almost 10 minutes and a group of armed policemen to get Ferrini off the field. A right hook, a high tackle, another ejection, and two more appearances from the police were sprinkled throughout the rest of the game, a game that Chile would go on to win 2 to nothing. I wasn't refing a football match, Ken Aston said after the game. I was acting as an umpire in military maneuvers. The game, now referred to as the Battle of Santiago, was brutal, chaotic, and more than a little confusing. It was also severely lacking in the communication department, particularly from Aston to Farini and vice versa. Communication is key to creating some semblance of order on the field, and there was certainly no order during that World Cup match in Santiago. A year after his time refereeing in Chile, Aston retired from officiating games. In 1966, though, Aston returned to officiating, but in a different role. He became a part of FIFA's Referees Committee and oversaw refereeing at the 1966 World Cup in England. Just four years removed from soccer's Battle of Santiago, Aston witnessed another chaotic World Cup moment, this time in a quarterfinal clash between Argentina and England. In the 35th minute of the game, the German center referee called a foul against Argentina. Argentina captain Antonio Ratin, who apparently had already received one verbal caution earlier in the game, began arguing with the referee and questioning the foul. But the referee didn't understand Spanish, so things just got louder and louder and louder in both Spanish and German. This all culminated in the referee sending Ratin off the field and removing him from the game. Well, at least that's what the referee was trying to do. Ratin didn't go. Likely due to the language barrier, the referee didn't clearly communicate that he wanted Routine off the field, and even once the Argentinian captain got the message, he still refused to leave the field for a solid eight minutes. After the match, nobody really seemed to know why Routine was told to leave the field in the first place. Argentinian papers reported one thing, British papers reported something entirely different, and to make things even more confusing, match reports in various English newspapers stated that the referee had cautioned England's Bobby Charlton and Jack Charlton during the game as well, even though the referee hadn't clearly indicated that he was cautioning the Charlton brothers. Pretty much everybody was baffled at this point, including England manager Alf Ramsey, who had to ask FIFA to clarify the whole Bobby and Jack Charlton situation. Things were complicated, weren't they? I have a headache just thinking about it. 
Having incredibly chaotic moments stemming from the referee communication in back-to-back World Cups wasn't a great look for FIFA. And even beyond the public image side of things, it wasn't good for the sport. Stopping the game for 8 or 10 minutes at a time while players and referees argue and players refuse to leave the field takes the wind out of any match's sails. After the 1966 World Cup, it was clear that FIFA had an image problem, referees had a communication problem, and soccer had a tempo problem. All of those problems were solved by our man Ken Aston and a stoplight on London's Kensington High Street. Well, all of those problems were solved except FIFA's image problem. That's still an issue. While out driving one day, Aston was waiting at a traffic light on Kensington High Street. The Smithsonian Magazine says that this particular drive took place as Aston was driving home from the England-Argentina World Cup quarterfinal in 1966. Other accounts of the origins of red and yellow cards aren't as specific, but regardless, as Aston sat at the light, he started thinking about ways to improve communication between players and officials. I mean, come on, who among us hasn't taken a minute to contemplate intricate problems while sitting at a stoplight? Okay, maybe that's just a Ken Aston thing. Even so, it totally worked. As he sat at the stoplight, Aston had somewhat of an epiphany. Suddenly, he realized how to solve soccer's problem. It all had to do with the color of the traffic lights. As I drove down Kensington High Street, Aston said, the traffic light turned red. I thought, yellow, take it easy. Red, stop. You're off. This all sounds kind of made up, right? But it's not. That's a real quote from Ken Aston. He really sat in his car and had the idea to create yellow cards and red cards from looking at a traffic light. Yellow, take it easy. That's a caution. Red, stop. You're off and out of the game. By using a two-color system, referees could easily communicate their decisions to players and fans without having to fight through a language barrier. Aston's goal was to make football matches more like football matches and less like military maneuvers. And he did it. Cards were used at the next World Cup in 1970, and then they began trickling into professional leagues around the world. Finally, in 1992, red and yellow cards were incorporated into the laws of the game. Using his experience refereeing the Battle of Santiago at the 1962 World Cup and his presence overseeing officials at the 1966 World Cup, along with some time in the car, Ken Aston created the red and yellow card. That wraps up this episode of Soccer 101. We toured Chile and the streets of London in search for the origin of soccer's card system, and we found it. I'm Joe Lowry. Thanks for listening, everyone. 